Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mean Old Lion Media presents Wardrobe Boss. Well, hello there. Thank you for checking out the Wardrobe Boss podcast. I'm Eliza Perilla, native New Yorker, your host. I am a personal wardrobe stylist and a professional home organizer, and I am the Wardrobe Boss. And each week I like to invite tastemakers, homemakers, fashion and style experts to discuss how wardrobe and a tidy home can set the tone for a sweet little lifestyle. Um, Sometimes we discuss who's wearing what, what trends we like, what we don't, and so on. So I invite you to grab a friend, grab a drink, and hang out with us for a few minutes. Uh, Today, my guest is a certified Marie consultant, which means that she's trained to organize your home using the Marie Kondo method. Now, if you don't know who Marie Kondo is, you've probably been living under a rock, but that's okay. There's no judgment here. Um, I'd say Google her and see how her method has changed millions of lives for the better. Um, Our guest today, Lisa Talabides, owns a company called The Tidy Project, and she has a crew of clients she coaches in a group setting, and they go from overwhelmed to happy, calm, and free of clutter. Everybody can agree that we want to be free of clutter. So Lisa, welcome to the Wardrobe Boss podcast. Hi, Eliza. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yay, I'm so glad. Lisa, let's talk about how you go from messes to magic, because that's basically what you do, right? You pretty much assess people's messes and then teach them how to manage it. And I'm sure that that comes with its own set of challenges for you. So I don't know, why don't you tell me about your most unusual situation that you've encountered and how you handled it? Okay. So I guess what first comes to my mind is um, going into a client's home and And that hasn't happened only just once, um, but um, a couple of times um, when you see sex toys just on, (laughs) not on display, but just, you know, lying around, um, not hidden in in drawers. So I would say that's more of the unusual situations I have encountered. Yeah. And I mean, how I handle it, I'm a professional, so you you tidy around it you you don't address it (laughs) what i also usually do you know when i go into clients homes and i still do in-home organizing um you know i would always ask you know is there any drawer cabinet off limits so i don't open it by accident but um what has happened you know people have sex toys around and you got to handle it, right? So you just ignore it, you tidy around it, um, and that's that. H- has that happened to you as well? Um, actually, it has happened to me, but um, it's happened to me where it's hidden. Um, so in cleaning, they find it, not me. And they're like, oh, this is a... And if they would have told me what it was, I would have never known. And I'm like, like you, I'm a professional. As long as a dead body isn't being discovered... <sighs> 
then let's just keep going. <laughs> you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So uh, tell me about the Tidy Project and exactly what you do. Yeah, so the Tidy Project has been a recent offer of mine. Um, so I still do in-home consulting, mostly in New York City. Um, and recently I have you know, added the Tidy Project, which is a virtual group coaching program. It is usually it's eight to 10 weeks long. And I coach a group of women through the KonMari method. So I don't go into people's homes. So it's not like a one-on-one -on -one situation, but we meet weekly. We have guest coaches. Um, they get like a library of video trainings where I talk to them, where I show them how to organize, how to move through the method category by category. I provide them with resources. So basically everything they need through the process on their own. And um, so I have a Facebook group, so a private Facebook group where they have another touch point to me. But yeah, it's, it's like a group program. Um, people get to know each other. They move through the process together. And it's always really nice to see because so many people feel alone when they, you know, they feel like they are the only messy ones um, mm -hmm. ha that have that problem in in the world, and which is absolutely not true. And they find this community with other people. So that's been really amazing to see. And I've been really enjoying, you know, running this group. And I'm on my third round this year. And it's been really incredible to see. And you've that's been a guest coach on my on my program. Yeah. Oh, gosh, it's been so much fun. So um, did this come about, this way of, of home organizing, did it come about through COVID because of the, the change in lifestyle? So that was actually a coincidence. Um, and I'm glad it kind of happened this way, uh -huh. right? Um, but I had planned on doing something like this for, honestly, from the beginning of when I started my business, because I like the online space. I love the internet. I, you know, I've always dreamed of having like a virtual program and also mm. connect more people, really reaching more people also and helping more people this way. So it's been in the works since last year, beginning of last year, I, you know, produced all the videos and all that stuff. And then when COVID hit, um, so the coincident was I, I kind of joined a business program where I really learned how to run a program like this. So I gave it its last, you know, um, I made it better and better. And uh -huh. then I launched it during COVID. So it was the perfect, you know, kind of coincidence. And um, but yeah, it's been in the works for a little bit longer. That is amazing. Um... Yeah, that's so interesting, right? Because so, you know, there are people doing it, but it seems like the way you do it, there's like an ease about it. Um, when you have your community of people that get together, your virtual community, are you part of that community or do they get together without you? We get together, like all of us. So we have weekly coaching calls, meaning... We talk through the material and then everyone gets to have their progress update. So I like to hear from everybody and I answer all of their questions. And then we have like our Facebook group. So, you know, if someone posts a question in there, um, 
the others can also answer, right? So they, right. they might know something I don't know, right? But I'm like the, the one who curates and hosts, um, if that sure. makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and that was the reason for my question. I wanted to know, do they have access to you, which is so important because sometimes mm -hmm. people join these programs, but you don't have access to the person who started it. They, yeah. like, set the community up, and then so it's it's always better when, you know, because they're buying into you. So if they're buying into you, the fact that they have access to you, to me, is perfect. Um, how did you get into being a professional home organizer? Yeah, that's... a. Uh funny story I would say <laughs> so when was that I think like three years back now around that time so my previous job I I've done many different things in my life but um, before I became a professional organizer Kunmari consultant I worked in fashion so I was an e-commerce manager for a smaller fashion company here in New York City and worked there a couple of years. And at some point I, I quit <laughs> just like that. Mm -hmm. Not just like that. I mean, I, I've, I had been thinking about it and I just wanted to change. I felt like I wanted to do something where I could really see the impact I'm having on people. And I didn't really know what that was yet. And then I, I listened to a podcast. It was Tim Ferriss's podcast and he interviewed Marie Kondo. So at that time, she, the book had already come out. I think it was like 2014 or 15 or something. And at that time I had started reading the book and I found it really interesting that someone had, you know, written a book about tidying, which was so odd in a way. <laughs> and yeah, and I, it made me curious again and look into her further. So I went on her website and her Instagram. And that's when I discovered that she offered this consultancy program and that you can get trained in becoming a KonMari consultant. And that's when it just clicked for me. And I didn't even know that a profession like a professional organizer even exists that you can make a living doing like organizing helping people people get organized and i feel like if i had known that sooner i would have jumped on that sooner because i've always been pretty organized and um i guess that's one of my traits that i probably i mean it served me in my work life but um that you can really make a career out of that um mm -hmm. i that never occurred to me. So I immediately signed up for the seminar and, you know, the rest is history, I would say. Um, yeah, but how did you get into that? It was kind of like the next step in what I do already because I organize wardrobes and I don't only organize wardrobes. I make capsule collections out of what's already in people's closet. And I'll tell them this shouldn't be here, add this. And I just make their wardrobe life super easy. And for me, the whole purpose of that is, yes, it comes from a place of I'm passionate about style and fashion, but it's more than that because it really helps people be organized and focused. And I feel like when you look your best, you feel your best. And sometimes, you know, it's not about being phony or fake it till you make it, but sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. And sometimes looking good on the outside can help you feel good on the inside. So I think it works both ways, right? Um, 
And I, it's funny because I used to think about, I would, I should maybe help organize people's homes. And then I was like, I don't want to do that. That's a whole different animal than what I do. And so I didn't want to do it. But when I read Marie Kondo's book, I was like, this is fascinating because it seemed to me that she has a method where it's a once and for all. If you do it once the right way, it's a once and for all. And then you just, um, like you tidy as you go up, not deep cleaning every six months, every three months. And here in New York, that's so challenging because we have space issues. It doesn't matter what your economic background is. There are space issues in homes and closets and right, whatever. And so, um, I just figured, you know, I already have clients. They love the Con Marie, um, Marie Kondo. They're the ones who told me about her, my own clients. And oh, really? so that was, I was like, well, they're not going to be opposed to that. And so then um, it was even better. In fact, one client was like, well, let me teach you how she folds. That was not the way she folded. And so I started folding her clothes like that because it really made her happy. And um, once I took the course, I was like, well, that's not the right way to do it. And then I had to call her and say, um, I don't think you're folding it the right way. So, um, but I love it. It's really a lot of fun. My entire home, my apartment, right, um, is organized in the Marie method. And I do honestly have to say that I'm not making a commercial for Marie Kondo, right, or the Marie method, but it just really does work for my life. So I really live it. Um, and and when so when I do have a mess, it's just a matter of putting things back where they belong. But when everything in your home has a home, game changer, game changer. Even my junk drawer is not a junk drawer because everything has. You know, I found all these little storage bins to put whatever, pens and paper clips. And so then I don't think that there's a place that really doesn't have a home for anything. And then sometimes I'll find a space for it. And then sometimes I'm challenged. I'm like, okay, I need to find a storage situation that looks like this in my mind. And now I have to find it in real life. And, you know, I do find it. And it's just a great feeling to come home and everything is in its place, especially when we live at home more than ever now. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And that's what I liked about the method too. It's like a once and done, ideally. I always say ideally, right? Because to be honest, some cannot keep it up, right? Mm -hmm. For whatever reason, but that's not the method's fault. It's the person's fault because right. they are not, you know, returning things to their home, they allow for non-sparking spark joy items to enter their home. So it's not that the method doesn't work, but um, maybe it's not the priority of someone to keep up with it. Right. And, you know, I do want to say that I'm glad that you said things that spark joy because I've always had, you know, my mantra with my clients, my personal styling clients is always, if you don't love it, don't buy it, don't keep it, don't wear it. Um, and so that sparking joy thing, it was really great. And so, but when you do it in your wardrobe, it's one thing, but when you do it around your home, it's another thing. And so when I started looking at my home and saying, do I love this or do I not love this? It was really, I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize this. I didn't realize that. And even now, sometimes I'll go through, it could be anything. And I'll say, you know what? 
I like this, but I don't really love it. So, you know, I'll bless someone else with it or just try to put it to good use, right? Because I, I, I hate the term like throw it away or get rid of it because it almost seems like it was great when you bought it in the store, but you wore it twice and now it's nothing. So let's get rid of it. I just feel like that can help someone else. That could be someone else's come up or whatever. Um, I see on Instagram that you like to dance while you give tidy tips and your videos are so adorable. So how do you make sessions fun? Because sessions can be heavy sometimes. Yeah. So first of all, this is a, a very recent occurrence that you can see me, <laughs> that you can see me dance on Instagram because I'm not a good dancer, first of all. <laughs> But um, Instagram is making me do it because it has like this new feature with the Instagram reels. And I watched uh -huh. some other videos and, um, you know, it's a new way to reach people and it's fun. Like it's uh -huh. also, I have a newfound love for music, so it's kind of a good coincidence. So I'm trying to make it fun on my Instagram. But in terms of how I make sessions fun, um, I would say... You know, I'm trying to keep it light. I always, mm -hmm. you know, adapt to my client. You know, some are more chatty, others are more quiet. So I'm trying to really match their tone and, you know, smile and chat with them, keep it light, ask them questions, you know, make a joke if it's appropriate, um, take a break. Um, yeah, I would say that's how I, how I keep it fun. How about you, Eliza? So... Um, for me, one thing I really like to do is, um, after a few sessions and after I feel like I've gotten to know my client, I'll say, put on your favorite song. And while we, you know, tackle something, because now we have a rhythm, now we have a groove. And I think in the beginning it can be so serious because the work is serious, but you know, the person might be resistant. Oh, I don't want to do all this work. Oh, this is annoying. Oh, but you know, so it's like anything. It, it hurts to get to the good results, right? And so um, I try to make the process fun too, because then I don't want them to think of me as, oh gosh, all this stuff I had to get rid of, all this energy and associate that with me. I'm not there for that. I'm there to help you. So I do ask people sometimes, put on your favorite song and I recently did that with a client and we were both like singing and kind of dancing our way through our work. And it was awesome. It just made it a lot more fun. And it loosens the client up because after that we went to dinner. So, you know, nice. it was it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, hoarding is one thing, right, that that people associate with getting organized. And um, it's a term that can make people feel all kinds of way, right? And, you know, listen, to be clear, hoarding is the compulsion to continually accumulate items that are probably useless most of the time, right? And I know it can be a disorder and people do it for whatever different reasons. So if, if someone with this condition calls you to work with them, do you work with them? Do you specialize in that or do you refer them otherwise? So I do not specialize in hoarding. So it's some something, as you said, it's a disorder. It's mm -hmm. not something I feel comfortable dealing with. So I definitely refer them out. Um, 
and I have like my screening process down where I can really determine, I would say, like pretty accurately if someone is a hoarder, you know, I always right. get on the phone with people now on Zoom. I always get on Zoom with people and ask them really specific questions. And I ask them questions that help me determine if they are a hoarder. And I have turned away clients because I knew that there was a hoarding issue, right? And there are specialists out there who, who specialize in hoarding clients and who also have like a, a therapist, a psychotherapist background, which is often needed in, in situations like that. I mean, I would say I've, I've worked with clients that were like, and there's stages, right? There's different yes. like yes. levels of severity. So, mm -hmm. and actually I would say my very first client, she was like, it was like a borderline hoarder home, um, mm -hmm. which was <laughs> probably not the best thing, but you know, you learn, you learn, right. you make your screening process like really good. So that doesn't really happen anymore that, you know, I take on a client and I have no idea that they have this issue. But yes, I definitely refer them out because it's not my specialty. I think it's important for people to know that because if someone says, you know, let's say whatever, I have a family member or something and I need a professional organizer to go help them with hoarding. There are people who specialize in hoarding and you're right, Lisa, there are different levels of hoarding. If I go into someone's closet and it's packed to the maximum and I cannot get in, that is not considered hoarding. That is just, you know, that's a whole nother beast, right? But when we do um, the organizing project and they see how much money, thousands of dollars are in their closet, that um, it's in their closet and they can't get that money back, whether they Poshmark, I don't know, real, real or whatever, they're not going to get it back. That just kind of shows them. It, it teaches them maybe a lesson not to have so much. And you want to see what you have. If you don't see what you have, you don't know what you have, right? So, um, yeah, I just, I, I want, really wanted to let people know that there are specialized people if someone is a hoarder because, you know, the issue is much deeper and and believe it or not even in what you do and what i do people get free of issues maybe not hoarding issues because though that's really deep right but um different so uh as as a professional lisa you not only help create systems that get people's home in excellent working order but there is a psychological component of it so what is the biggest thing you've helped someone um, get free from mentally or emotionally? Yeah, I mean, there's so many things. Um, one, I would say in general, over, overall, the whole process really helps you gain clarity. You know, what I always work with clients on is first their vision, right? So we really want to nail down their vision. That's a big part of the Kamari method also. What do you want in your life, right? And so many people, you know, they take care of other people, they take care of their family, their friends, and it's been a while that they really thought about themselves. Um, but one recent example I have is um, one lady, she really, you know, she said that she discovered that she had trouble setting boundaries. So she mm. looked in inside her home and then she finally like really saw that she had so many items from other people that just 
gifted it to her and she just took it, right? So it, it was almost like a very revealing moment for her. And it was not just that she had trouble setting boundaries in terms of, you know, allowing other people's items into her home that she actually didn't want, but also in terms of relationships. So it, it made her reflect and um, it made her also start demanding more space for herself within her family. Like she's a busy mom, right? She has, she's, you know, has a job and everything. And it's been really amazing to see that she has been demanding more space for herself and, and creating those boundaries in her life. That's so good to hear because that's really a freedom, right? That's where the happy and the calm and the freeness comes in. And people just think, oh, you you know, yeah, well, let a professional organizer just take care of Just come in and organize my home. I think that when the thing that I like about um, the Comary method is that you do it together. Um, I can go in and they can pay me whatever they want to organize their home, but they're not going to appreciate the work if they didn't help me do it, if they didn't have an input and and these kinds of things. So I think um, I really love that you get to create someone's life together. And if they're not part of the process, they really miss out. And I really like what you said about gifting, because that's something that comes up for me a lot with clients. Um, It's like, and I get it too, because I go through it too. It's like this false guilt. Oh, but you know, my neighbor gave me this. And so I feel guilty if I throw it away. But here's the thing I tell my clients all the time. When someone gifts you a present, even if it's not your style, the whole purpose of them gifting it to you is that they care about you and they want to give you something. As soon as you receive the gift and say thank you or give them a smile, you've completed what they wanted to do. They wanted to love on you. And now Absolutely. by you accepting it, you've completed it. So you don't, you're not obligated to hold on to it. And I know for some people, they're like, no, I'm telling you it's false guilt. If you want to hold it for a month to make yourself feel better, but give yourself a timeline, hold it for 30 days. And then, you know, make sure that it goes somewhere to, I don't know, like you figure that out. I have this, someone just gave me a gift two days ago. I kid you not. And the way they came to present it to me, it's someone who I never expected to give me a gift. I don't even know why they gave me the gift. They just said, I have a gift for you. And it was something that was handmade. It was like this beautiful piece of jewelry, but I would not wear that. And she was so happy and proud to give it to me that I didn't want to stop her and say, thank you so much, but I won't wear it, which I've set boundaries too, because I can do that with my family now. I say, thank you so much. That is so kind, but I'll be honest with you, I won't wear it. But then sometimes you do that and you see the disappointment in people's face. So sometimes I'm like, just take it. They'll never see you wear it. I know. Most of the time they don't care. They just want you to receive the gift. So, you know, I just say all of that to say, accept the gift. You make the person happy by accepting the gift, but you don't have to hold on to it for guilt. Now, if it's a sentimental value because a parent gave it to you, someone who passed away gave it to you, I think that's fine to keep it, but you don't want a whole box of stuff that are mementos of people that have passed away because it's going to turn into a sad box. So I say use your judgment. (laughs) No, I totally agree. Like the guilt thing is 
such a huge issue and and it takes a while sometimes right for people uh -huh. to really relearn and change their mindset that it's not the item in itself that counts but it's more about the act of gift giving as you so beautifully said and what i also see a lot and i don't know if that's the same with your clients is And that's like the added step, I would say, is that people feel guilty of creating a lot of waste um, by, you know, by going through the decluttering process, by making decisions that they don't want those items into their home, in, in their home anymore. And my take on it is, and I think that's also a misconception of the KonMari method, is that she only wants you to throw out your stuff, which is just not true. It's about no. surrounding yourself with joy. And... All of my clients who have completed the process, they have completely changed their shopping behavior, right? They, they ripped off this band-aid, but by going through the process and really making those conscious decisions, you're not creating as much waste in the future anymore. It's about making better decisions going forward. So I always say that the thing already exists, right? So whether you have it in your home, it probably is garbage or a donation item for the next couple of years if you can't make these decisions right now. It's just delayed decision making. And this is, yeah, this is a huge thing we also always talk about. So I don't know if, if you've come across that issue with your clients that they are worried about creating more waste or that they are conscious about, you know, the environment or not so much. Yes. Um, I do come across that and then it, it makes people want to be uh, a minimalist because especially people who have so much, they're like, oh my goodness, I did not know I had so much stuff, especially when they see everything from their closet on the floor. They're like, I once had someone who had like three pairs of, of the same thing. I've, I've had so many things. I've had people who've taken Chanel bags from under the bed and Fendi bags stuffed in closets and all kind of stuff. And they're like, I didn't even know I had this. And so, um, yes, I think that it creates a space for people to want to live a more minimalistic lifestyle, especially again, when they see the thousands of dollars that they have spent and it's in the clothing on the floor, not usable. And it's not about getting rid of throwing away. It's not about that. If you go into it with that mindset, I'm so glad you said that, then it's not going to be a fun process for you. You're just going to feel like, God, I had to throw everything away and I shouldn't have spent that money. There you go again, feeling false guilt and just beating yourself up. It's not about that. It's about assessing your home life, right? Assessing whatever, your clothing or whatever it is, and then saying, What do I love and what do I not love? Because, and I say this all the time, that people buy things on sale just to feel like I saved some money because it's such a great feeling when you score, right? But a score to me is you get that Valentino bag that you love, that you've been stalking for two years and now you got it for 75% off. That's a score. A score is not going into Marshalls and getting a crappy sweater for $20 because that's what you go there for is to get a crappy sweater for $20. No offense to Marshall's. I get a lot of other good stuff, but I'm just saying, you know, um, you really get to put things in perspective and your spending habits, because if there are, if there's $20,000 lying in the middle of the floor that there's nothing you can do with, um, 
that's your trip to Mexico. <laughs> like, that's your trip to Playa de Carmen. I mean, so it really just helps put a, more than only putting your um, items in an organized fashion. It really sets off all these other things, like you say, like spending habits or, you know, things that just turn into a habit that we don't even realize, right? It's like by default. So, um, yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, you know, when people call you to organize and it's a personal situation and you go into their home, sometimes they're willing to, you know, they say they want to go through the process, but once it starts, like the resistance comes up more and more and more and more. So, how do you love and encourage a stubborn individual when they're the ones who called you, by the way? <laughs> that's, a really, that's a really good question. So first of all, again, I have a pretty strict like screening process and I usually ask them, you know, are you ready? Like you, you got to be ready uh -huh. to do this process and right. ready to be guided. But as you said, sometimes, you know, the resistance comes up later on in the process as we're working together already. And, you know, my motto is really, I'm not forcing anyone to do anything or to do, to throw out anything. What I always suggest and that works pretty well is I say, you know, at least give it a try. You know, if people are resistant to the folding, for example, I say, you know, you, you specifically wanted to go through this method and the method really works and has the highest success rate if you follow it accurately. So right. the folding is not a requirement to be successful. It's not one of the core principles, right? But I always say the more accurate you can do it um, from the start, the better, usually. So I always suggest at least give it a try. And usually people are willing to do that, right? If it doesn't work later on, at least you have given it a try. And if someone doesn't follow what I'm, you know, suggesting, you know, the best I can do, I offer my suggestions. And what I've seen clients do is when they were pretty like resistant and I'm thinking of a lady I've worked with, um, a couple of years ago, she like had all of her, she had a lot of gloves and she had them all in like these little plastic baggies. And I said, you know, you could take them all out and store them all together and you get rid of like this excess packaging stuff, right? Which right. only creates bulk. And she was really resistant, but I think it stuck with her. And then the next session I came into her home, we just did like, we only talked, we didn't really organize. Mm -hmm. um, I only gave her suggestions and she had, you know, taken me up on that suggestion. And she found that sometimes it just needs to sit with people, I feel like. Right, right. right? Yes. What do you think? How no, do you I, handle I, that? I, um, I have one person in particular who resists pretty much everything I suggest. In fact, I have more than one client who resists everything I suggest. So the way I handle it is I do it their way first and then... Um, I let them see for themselves that it doesn't work. And then um, they'll be frustrated with the same exact thing again. And then, like I told someone recently, I said, I'll tell you what, there's my way and there's your way. 
you hired me, so if you want me to do it your way, I will do it your way. But if I do it your way, you're going to have to hire me again and again and again. And you're going to have to pay my price again and again and again. I'm trying to show you a way to do it that works for you all the time. I said, I'm happy to come and take your money, but I'm really trying to help you. So I'm going to let you do it your way, you know, do it your way because I want you to be happy. But if it doesn't work your way, then please try my way. Then they always soften up at some point. They start to see it my way. And listen, it's not, I don't know everything. I don't have every answer. And sometimes when you work together with people, they may have a suggestion that's better than mine. I'm open to that. That's okay. I'm the expert. It doesn't mean I know everything. A doctor's an expert. That doesn't mean he knows every single thing about your body. So it's a give and take. But I say to people, if you're hiring a professional, trust the professional. Unless it's something that your gut is screaming, saying, no, 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 no. Trust the, the professional and please try not to be resisted because it's going to cost you again. And you're going to add to that $20,000 uh, pile on the floor, maybe another $5,000. Absolutely. So, I couldn't agree I more. Because why would you hire someone then? Like if you know better, <laughs> if you're not open to any suggestions, <laughs> right, like right. why? <laughs> exactly. I, I know like there's some people out there who, you know, need a little bit of convincing, yes. massaging. <laughs> So I'm sure a lot of people ask you, Lisa, is your home fully organized and ready for the ET crew to come in and film your home? That's my question to you. <laughs> um, I would say, I mean, it's never 100% ready, of course. I also keep my laundry in the laundry basket for weeks on end sometimes. So I'm not going to lie. I always share this on my Instagram stories, too. I'm always honest. Um, but I would say perhaps to 90%, you know, everything really has a home and I can't stand, you know, having stuff out and not being it in its home. So right. um, usually it would only take me like 30 minutes unless there's a laundry basket. <laughs> and that's my whole point, right, of asking you that is because I can probably answer the same way. It'll probably take me... 30 minutes to an hour. And that's if like Sunday's my day of rest. So I may put my shirt down and not put it away. Sunday is I'm when I tell you it's my day of rest, it's my day of rest. But then again, I try to have habits that um, like I will not go to bed with a dish in the sink or with my garbage bags um, in waste paper baskets with any garbage in it. Those are my two things. Don't go to sleep with any garbage and have all the dishes clean. So when I get up in the morning and I walk into my kitchen, I just feel a sense of tidiness. And of course, no, my home isn't ready either for Home and Garden magazine to come into my apartment <laughs> and say, oh, no, but um, 90% pretty much everything is in its home all the time. And that that makes me happy. So this is not about perfection, but it's really about loving everything in your wardrobe, loving everything in your home so that you enjoy your home, so that you love your life from the inside out, from your home out. Yes, stuff is going to happen. We're going to go through crap. We're going to go through 
whatever losses and gains and ups and downs and whatever but i feel like when our home is our happy place you're freaking winning all day and there's just no argument there um and for those people who are like yes but i live you don't know who i live with so let's just talk quickly about that and then we can talk about some tips that you can give people from going from overwhelmed to organized i mean it's a challenge right like people always come to me saying you know blaming their spouse <laughs> yes blaming their kids you know and i always say typically when you blame someone else you also have clutter issues a lot of the time mm. but um so when it comes to parents for example you know i recommend and i don't know how you do it maybe you can speak on that but I recommend for them to go through the process first because the first thing they usually complain about is toys, right? And mm -hmm. I say, you know, it's your home, it's your kids, and ultimately you make the decision. That's a little bit of tough love, but ultimately you make the decision of what comes into your home. So for you going through the process first really helps you understand and, you know, take mm -hmm. care of your stuff. And then let's, Let's talk about the kids' stuff. Let's see if they want to be involved. Let's see if you want to go through the kids' stuff. And then we get to the toys, which is usually like the most, like the most pressing, the difficult things, which we want to, you know, not do first, right? In the Conmari method, we want to start with right. something easy. Um, but yeah, when someone complains about someone else, usually they have some stuff to do as well. Um, and we always want to tidy our own stuff and not our partner's stuff, which is hard. I get that. I totally get that. But I think one important thing or one important tip I always give, you know, try and make sure that everyone has their areas, right? So if, if someone has their part of the closet, you get to have the other part of the closet. So make sure nothing is like mixed in and then just have peace right? Have peace with, with what they are doing in their side of the room or in their side of the closet. And more often than not, they will come around, right? If, yes. if they see that you are getting great benefits out of having a tidy lifestyle and going through this process, um, they get curious. They want you to yes. help you, right? Have you seen well, that? Yes, because first it sets the tone, right? But then they see something different about the other person. And what they see is a little more joy and a little more happiness and a little more calmness and a little more peace. So then they're like, well, I want that. And and they, they even sometimes make the connection of, oh, well, her closet or her side of the closet is nice and tidy and she seems cool, but mine is like a little messy and my thoughts seem scattered. Hello, somebody. So, you know, yeah, that's a great way. And it's true. I think it's good to start with yourself. And I think for families, if, if you're going to do it as a family, then everybody's all in. Then you do it as a family. But it is good to do it individually because people have different um, issues or different things that come up or different things they need to get free of that may be from a life before they were married or before they had a family. So, um, 
Yeah, I think this was just, I hope that people get some good information from it because home organization is not just a TV show that's 30 seconds and let me take this out for you and let me put this back and your life is fabulous now. No, it's there's so much more to be gained from it. Um, Lisa, if you can give five of your top tips for people to go from overwhelmed to organized today, what would those tips be? Okay, so first of all, clarity, clarity, clarity. Get really clear on your why, like why you're doing, why you want to do this, right? If you're not clear exactly on why you want to do this, and if it's just for aesthetical reasons, which is a good reason. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love me a beautiful home. Um, but really get crystal clear on what you're trying to achieve, you know, get this vision nailed down. That's that's like my first tip. And that's the first thing I, I feel like people should start with. Um, and then second, like do it from the ground up. I know I'm biased and you're probably too because we are KonMari consultants. So we do want to do a whole, whole home tidy, right? We want to go through all of your belongings. Um, that's when it really sticks at I don't want to come, you know, I do the occasional professional organizing job, but for me, where I get a lot of joy out of my, you know, out of my, what I'm doing is when I see people change, when I really see them, when the new habits and, and systems that we created, when they stick and when they learn. So, and I see that happening when you really go through all of your belongings that you have in your home and create those sustainable systems. So do it from the ground up. Um, tip number three, categories, categories, categories. Uh -huh. <laughs> I love my categories. Um, but don't over-categorize. So that's also, you can over-categorize. Um, but always tidy by category. I'm a huge, huge fan of that because that's when you get to see what you have, right? Um, mm. If you gather everything in a category, if you organize by category, it's so much, you know, it doesn't require as much brain space to think about where have I stored something because, you know, you know, all of my clothes are in, the, nice. in this closet, all of my books are there. And even if it might take you a little bit longer to get it out, it's probably just two seconds because let's be honest, how big is your home? How long does it take? you to go from the entryway to, you know, the other end of your home. So there's no excuses. There's no excuses. Um, number four, keep it simple. I'm all about keeping it simple. You know, I'm not a huge fan of buying complicated storage products. Um, and you probably aren't either. Um, yeah, keep it simple in terms of storage, in terms of everything, really, you know. And number five, I would say, if you are about to take on your tidy project, get an accountability buddy. You know, whether it's a friend you're, you're t telling about what you're about to do. Because if you tell someone or if you hire, you know, an organizer or a Kamari consultant, accountability makes a difference. What would you say, Eliza? Um, I love every single thing you said um i think the only thing i would add is and i always ask people in the beginning um i ask them to make a commitment to the process 
if they know for sure they want to do it. It's a difference if you say, I need to do it. No, but you have to need and want to do it. Um, and I think making, making a commitment is very important because people will say, no, I give up. And once you give up in the beginning or the middle, you're really cheating yourself out of the process and out of so much more. You'll never know every single thing that you're going to get from it until you finish the process. And listen, I'm not saying it's not easy. It's not going to be a pain in the ass sometimes. It is. That's it is what it is. It, that's what it's going to be. But you never get anything worth having without a little pain. So it's like man up, get ready, go through the pain, especially when you have a coach there to go through it with you. You are not alone. And I would say, like you said, Lisa, and don't do it alone, because then you're really going to go from, you know, a all the way back to a and then not know how you got there. So, yeah, uh, that's the only thing I would add. Yeah, commitment is huge. Commitment. So thanks for adding that. That's that's huge. Yes. Lisa, that. thank you so much for coming on today. I feel like it was so informative. I hope that some people are somewhere, you know, with their glass of wine, their coffee, their tea, their friends, their mother, someone, and say, oh, I learned something, right? If it's just for that, I learned something, or I had some fun in that conversation, or whatever. So Thank you so much. Please let everyone know where they can find you and how they can see you dance on Instagram. <laughs> First of all, thank you so much for having me, Eliza. It was so much fun. I love chatting with you. I'm really honored to be on your podcast. And second, yeah, find me on Instagram. I'm there pretty much, you know, yeah, every single day, usually. Um, at Lisa Celebides is my handle. I'm sure you're putting it in the description of this episode. Yes. And say hi. I love chatting with people. Hit me up in the DMs and let's be friends. Yes, she's on the Tidy Project on Instagram, Lisa Celebides. Thank you again. Thank you so much. And you know what? I didn't tell anybody. I just want to share really quick how Lisa and I met because I hope that it encourages somebody. I met Lisa because I wanted to um, take this course to be a certified Marie, uh, a certified Comrie consultant. And before I paid for it, I thought it was a you know pretty pricey course. And I said, let me find out who's a consultant in my area and let me call them and have an informational interview because I'd like to ask a lot of questions before right? I invest into myself because to me that's what it was, an investment into myself. And I reached out to a bunch of people. Lisa was the only person who called me back and we have been friends ever since that day. So you never know who's going to be your friend, who's going to be in your life and you know, I would just encourage you, even if you feel intimidated, but that person won't answer me, but that who cares? Put all of that to the side and go for it. You can get a great friend out of it like me. So thank you again, Lisa. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you so much, Eliza. Wardrobe Boss is hosted and produced by Eliza Perilla. Edited by Ken Johnson. Associate producer, Lauren Turner. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find the Wardrobe Boss podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Wardrobe Boss is a mean old line media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot 
for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.